Україна моя рідна, це моя земля. Тут родилися на світ батько, мати я. А Карпати рідна хата, смерковий край. Українську нашу пісню грає музика, Люди щирі, люди, ми одна сім'я А у нас вітер, вільний вітер А у нас море, чорне море А у нас квіти, сонця, квіти Вічна ця земля Ми усі одна родина Доля жила І від батька, і до сина Силу козака І від матері, і дому Вірність і красу Люди щирі, люди, ми одна сім'я А у нас вітер, вільний вітер А у нас море, чорне море А у нас квіти, сонця квіти Вічна ця земля Люди щирі, люди, ми одна сім'я А у нас вітер, вільний вітер А у нас море, чорне море А у нас квіти, сонця квіти Вічна ця земля from Ukraine that was Andriy Knyaz with Blue Sky Yellow Field. Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih dorehi radio suhači na radio programu Naš Holos, radio Krinskoho Korinja, kotra podjesi vam na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina, djakuju što rišala perebute zimnoju na stupnu hoderu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. On today's program, we'll have a tribute to Remembrance Day which just passed as well as a reminder of what Ukrainian soldiers are fighting for today to keep from the return of a deadly ideology from which they had freedom for the past 30 some years. Vasil Pavlovsky will join us with uh, another cultural capsule, and he'll be giving us a brief biography of 19th century writer Ivan Kotlyarevsky. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a young Ukrainian singer by the name of Tanj Irian. Here she is with Osinisne Autumn Dreams. Osinisne Listam Suhim Tu 
прийде, вже не прийде Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a tax-deductible donation today. 
Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications and, when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Ensemble Ukrainochka with Akalena Neverba, and the title translates as uh, Cranberry, Highbush Cranberry, or Viburnum Tree is Not a Willow. Coming up next from the Nasholos Audio Archives, Remembering Remembrance Day. Slava Isusu Christu i dobre večer. This is Father Bruce Power with Izdukovit Tvojemu and with your spirit here on Nash Hollis Radio. On November 11th, 
we observed Remembrance Day, and I'd like to share with you a very special Remembrance Day in my life. A number of years ago, I was pastor of St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church in Nanaimo, and I was asked to give the prayer of remembrance at the Remembrance Day ceremonies, and afterwards to go with the veterans over to their local legion for their Remembrance Day program there. And as I was there with them, an elderly veteran came up to me, beautifully decorated with all of his war decorations and medals. And he sat down and he said, Father, can I speak with you? And I said, of course. And he said, Father, I have to share something with you. And he started to cry. He said, I'm not ashamed of my war service. We veterans fought. We fought for a cause, and that cause was good. But, Father, he said, it's not right for us to kill. It's not right for us to hate. We have to work for peace. And it was then that I truly knew that there is no greater person of peace than a veteran who had gone through the horrors of war, a soldier. It is then that I knew that our veterans have something to teach us. How important peace is, how important keeping peace is, how important being a people of peace is. The Ukrainian people know this very well, of course, and many Ukrainians have fought in various wars, either in the Canadian forces during various wars, or, for example, in the Ukrainian insurgent army and so on. And Ukrainians understand Remembrance Day as a time to pray for peace and a time indeed to remember, because remembering is such a blessed gift. Memory is such a gift to us It enables us to reconnect, to recall, and to know that the sacrifices of our veterans are not in vain, and to carry the torch for them, a torch of peace, just as we remember them and honor them and sing that beautiful hymn, Eternal Memory, Vichnaya Pamyat, and reflect on those beautiful words that are spoken at each and every Remembrance Day ceremony. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. This is Father Bruce for Nash Holos Radio. Zboham. На полях Фландрії На полях Фландрії зацвів Рядками мак поміж хрестів Позначив нас на небесах Співають жайвори весь час За зниклими на цій землі Ми вже в мерці 
днями, коли кохали з ночі до зорі, тепер лежатимо в полях у Фландрії. Боротьби факел, як вигук, прийми з нездатних наших рук, тримай увись, щоб не загас, навіть зневірився б ти в нас, квітнути макам на полях у Фландрії. This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa. 
with a Did You Know Tiznalevi segment and special greetings to the listeners of Nasholos. Did you know that the first Canadian of Ukrainian descent to be promoted to the rank of general in the Canadian Armed Forces was Brigadier General Joseph Romano? General Romano was born in Saskatoon in 1921. After joining the Royal Canadian Air Force in 1940, he served in Europe and in the India, China and Burma theatres of war during World War II. Following the Second World War, Joseph Romano learned that many Ukrainians in the displaced persons camps of Europe were being forcibly repatriated to Soviet concentration camps in Siberia and other remote areas. To help prevent this, Joseph Romano and other Ukrainian-Canadian servicemen formed the Canadian-Ukrainian Relief Bureau, which aided these displaced persons and sought to ease their immigration to Canada. The work of Joseph Romano and other Ukrainian-Canadian servicemen saved the lives of many thousands of Ukrainians. After obtaining a degree in aeronautical engineering in London, Joseph Romano worked on the Avro Arrow project and with NORAD. He was named commander in the Order of Military Merit. General Romano was also an active member of the Ukrainian-Canadian community in Ottawa. He was a long-time member and strong supporter of the Ukrainian-Canadian Professional and Business Association. And in 2006, the UCPBA awarded General Joseph Romano their Philip Konoval Lifetime Achievement Award in recognition of his long and dedicated service to Canada and to the Ukrainian community. General Joseph Romano died in his 89th year on March 21, 2011. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnalave, did you know, with Nasholis listeners. You can catch her show at www.chinradioottawa.com. Червона калина похилилася, чогось наша славна Україна зажурилася, а ми тую червону калину підіймемо, а ми нашу славну Україну Веселимо, а ми тую червону калину підіймемо, а ми нашу славну країну розвеселимо. Не хилися, червона калина, маєш білий цвіт, не Ця славна Україна має жвільний рід, а ми тую червону калину підіймемо, а ми нашу славну Україну розвеселимо. Hey, hey, oh.
розвеселимо. Виступають стрільці січові, popular Ukrainian singer Viktor Pavlik with a traditional rendition of Oi Uluzi Chervona Kalena. In the meadow, there is a red viburnum. And that patriotic Ukrainian song dating back about 100 years or so to another time when Ukrainians were fighting Muscovites for freedom from tyranny and for the right to become an independent state and chart their own destiny. Coming up next, originally from Ukraine and now from Toronto, his stage name is Papajuk. His original name is Vasil Popajuk. Here he is now with a tango, Hutsulka Ksenia.
Belarus, Ukrainian concert violinist and EMI recording artist Inessa Tomochko with Storm. Up next, a bit of a change in genre, if not a theme. We've got uh, Chirimshina from Montreal up next with Oinohori Doshti Der. It's raining in the mountains. To all listeners of Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio, I'm Vasil Pavlovsky, and this is Cultural Capsule. While every national literature may have its bard, the persona we are going to learn about today came at the pre-bard stage. In order for a nation to have its own bard, it must first have its own literary language. It is likely that you have heard of the authors of the Greek and Roman empires, Homer and Virgil, respectively. So did today's persona. And something that he wrote was the following, which seems so befitting of the current situation in Ukraine and the bravery of all its people. Where the love for the motherland inspires heroism, there an enemy force will not stand. There a chest is stronger than cannons. This is an excerpt of Ivan Kotlerevsky's Enaida, published in 1798. 
The work is often referred to as a parody of Virgil's Aeneid. However, there are some scholars that say it may have been a poke at those to the north in Muscovy and the destruction of the Zaporizhian hosts by Catherine the Great. By turning Virgil's Trojans into Cossacks, it would have been today what we call an in-your-face. As a reminder, before October 21, 1721, Russia was still known by the civilized world as Moscovy. In my opinion, this was the day that the disinformation campaign from the Kremlin started. Ivan Kotledavsky was born in the city of Poltava on September 9, 1759. At that time, Poltava was under the Poltava Regiment of the Hetmanate of the Zaporizhian host. Like others whose families were able to afford an education, Kotyarevsky studied at the Poltava Theological Seminary from 1789 through 1793 and worked as a clerk while studying. Upon completing his studies, he was a tutor of the landlord families until 1796. It was during this period that he was able to acquire a solid grasp of vernacular Ukrainian. In 1796 through 1808, Kotyarevsky did military service. In the day, it was compulsory of men to enter the military for six years and seven years in the case of naval service. Kotlidarsky served in the Regiment of Mounted Infantry. He was involved in the Russo-Turkish War of 1806-1812 and was decorated with the Order of St. Anne Third Class due to his diplomatic work of ensuring the Buyat Tartars would remain neutral during the conflict. Think about it, Kotlidarsky published his magnum opus in 1798 while he was serving in the military though it is possible that it had been written much earlier. In fact, only the first three parts of Ineida were published that year in St. Petersburg and without Kutlerevsky's knowledge. In fact, it was paid for by one Maxim Parpura, and somehow he contributed to the contemporary and modern Ukrainian language by also publishing a dictionary of 972 words of the little Russian language. From the commentary to my personal copy of Ineida, literary critic Oleksiy Fedyosevich's Davetsky wrote, This dictionary is the beginning of commentary on Ineida, and together with this, a notable phenomenon in Ukrainian lexicography at the end of the 18th century. While Ineida may have been Kutlyarevsky's best known works, upon his retirement from army service, he had a few difficult years. In 1810, he worked as a supervisor of a school for children of poor nobles. When Napoleon decided to make his move on Moscow, Kutlyarevsky returned to military service when ordered by the Governor-General of Little Russia, Prince Yakov Lobanov-Rostovsky, to create the Poltava 5th Cossack Regiment. Kutlyarevsky agreed to do so on condition that this become a permanent Cossack Regiment. However, when the threat of Napoleon was over, the regiment was dissolved. For five years, he was director of the Poltava Free Theatre. It was during this period from 1816 to 1821 that he wrote both Natalka Poltavka, which subsequently became one of the best-known Ukrainian operettas, with the music being written by Mykola Lysenko, and Moskai Sharivnik, the Moscovite magician, only published in 1841 after his death. In fact, Eneida in its entirety was also only published posthumously in 1842. Kotlyarevsky died on November 10th. 1838. An odd little piece of trivia is the fact that both Tsar Alexander I and Napoleon Bonaparte had copies of Kotlyarevsky's Eneida in their personal libraries.
popular ethno-rock band from Ukraine, Teen Sonsia, with Yihale Kozakia, Riding Cossacks, and an alternate title, Slaves Are Not Allowed Into Paradise. Up next, on the same theme, uh, but more contemporary song and arrangement performed by the Khmelnytsky Police Big Band, and this song is called Zrodelas Me Velekoyi Hoden, a song about a big moment arriving that is time to go to war. Ще понад все. Де нас кій, 
Боже, слава для нас закон, найвищий до наказ. Соборна українська держава, одна на вік, вона в серцях у нас. Соборна українська держава, одна на вік, вона в серцях у нас. Welcome to Victor's Vignettes, stories about life in Soviet and post-Soviet Ukraine by Viktor Sergeyev of Mykolaiv, Ukraine. I am Sergei Kaznady in Toronto. Compulsory Steps Growing Up Soviet Today I will share with you the typical Soviet childhood, based on my own life experience. In Soviet times, children went through a very rigid process of indoctrination. There were three compulsory steps required of each child in order to grow into a proper Soviet citizen. Children began their studies at the age of seven. The first step was to be admitted to a program called Oktyabryata and become known as one of the so-called October children. The name comes from October the month in which the Bolshevik Revolution took place. The Ukrainian name for October is Zhovtyn. It is derived from the word for gold, the color that leaves begin to turn in this month. To my mind, Zhovtyn is a much prettier and more descriptive name. However, Russian was the lingua franca of the Soviet Union, and speaking other ethnic languages, especially Ukrainian was frowned upon. In some cases it was actually dangerous. At the beginning of Oktyabryata we were all presented with a little badge, a red star with a picture of a blonde little boy in the center of it, none other than Vladimir Lenin, founder of the Soviet Union. Even then, at such a young age, the program struck me as odd, surreal, like some kind of silly childish game. But it was a game the authorities took very seriously. And it was only the beginning of a lifetime of such surreal games. I will never forget this propaganda nursery rhyme from my kindergarten days. Я маленькая девочка, играю и пою. Я Ленина не видела, но я его люблю. That was, of course, in Russian. There was no Ukrainian version. Russification was in full force. The English translation goes like this. I am a little girl, playing and singing. I haven't seen Lenin, but I love him. Our teachers at school constantly drilled into us, you must always write the word communist with a capital letter, and the word God with a small letter. What an ironic ideological paradox. Did they see, too? By the age of ten, and provided we studied well, we were admitted to the Young Pioneers. In the early 1920s, the Soviet regime created a pioneer organization modeled on the Western Boy Scouts organization, with the addition, of course, of stringent communist ideology. At this step, 
we were presented with a red necktie, called a Pionierski Galstuk, and another badge, called Pionierski Znachok. On my blog, you can see a picture with all the three badges along with my original transcript. For the next four years, we were happy and proud to be part of the Young Pioneers. Apart from the communist indoctrination, it was a fun time, just as I imagine it was for boy and girl scouts in the West. However, our necktie gave away our age. At the age of 14, every teenager wants to look older. So once we left the school grounds, we would hide the necktie. At 16, we were admitted to Komsomol, the youth division of the Communist Party. In actual fact, every teenager in the USSR from the age of 14 automatically became a Komsomol member. Only those who studied poorly or were sent to juvenile prisons did not. Children of very religious parents were also excluded. But we had to pretend we were making a conscious and enthusiastic decision to join Komsomol or not. What a decision it was. Did we want access to officially sponsored holidays? Did we want to pursue higher education? Did we want to get a good job, perhaps one with the privilege of going on business trips? As children, we were well aware that there were no tourist trips at all, even to socialist countries, for any child whose parents were not high-ranking Communist Party officials. So, did we want to live without even the small pleasures, as few and far between as they were, that came with the Communist Party membership? Well, of course, I joined Komsomol. I wanted the best life possible in that wretched system. Now I pray those days never return, and my daughter and her contemporaries will never have to endure the lunacy and absurdity the previous generation did. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Victor's Vignettes, stories from the life of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. For audio archives and links, visit www.nashholos.com. So until next time, do pobaczenia!
was Trio Maximovich with a traditional Ukrainian folk song about hops. Oichmelu mish chmelu. And our proverb of the week translates as Wherever trouble meets trouble, nothing good is ever found. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. Just a reminder to tune in to the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos, which can be heard in the Vancouver listening area on 101.7 FM Wednesdays from 12 noon till 1 p.m. with host Oksana Pobereznik. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you'll find a podcast at our website www.nashholos.com. Well, our time is up now, so to take us to the end of our program, Millennia from Edmonton with Ostafi's Odyssey. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich. <laughs> Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.